Hey everybody, it's Todd. If you happen to be new to Zen Parenting Radio, you might not know that our motto for every single podcast is this. The best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So we're hosting the Let's Get Real conference on March 11th and 12th. Kathy and I are bringing eight dynamic speakers, 12 amazing vendors, and upwards of 300 to 400 parents from around the country together for this amazing two-day event. We created this community to help us all be the best parents we can be. It's taking place at the Westin in Lombard, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. But we're close to selling out for the first day of this two-day conference, so get registered today by going to zengetsreal.com. We really hope to see you there. And now, on with the show. Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. Sweetie, we have some special guests here today, don't we? We have Rick Williams and Trish Williams. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So for those of you guys who don't know, this is the second time we've interviewed Rick. This is the first time we've interviewed Trish. We interviewed Rick back in October of 2014, which is about, whatever, 14, 15 months ago, whatever that is. And the reason we had Rick on is because a lot of reasons, but one of them was uh, his wife, Trish, who's sitting next to us, was dealing with some severe medical issues called hydrocephalus. And the reason I wanted Rick to get on is because he was in the middle he was at the beginning of a fundraising campaign mm-hmm. and we had a platform to help our friend Rick and he told the story about uh, what he was going through or actually what Trish was going through. So in now Rick's a talker, so it's I got to kind of curb him in a little bit. Rick, <laughs> do, your, do your best to give us bullet points. And for those of you who want to hear that interview, it was back in October of 2014 and it is zenparentingradio.com. Uh, no, I'll put it in the show notes. I had it here, but I can't find it. But um, we're not going to retell that story because we've already told the story about uh, Trish. But for those of you who can't go back in time and listen to it, Rick, uh, can you give us a bullet point on why you came in and what and Trish's uh, medical deal? Yeah, in a nutshell, you know, as opposed to, like Todd said in the last show, we kind of went into it a little bit more. Um, you know, bullet points were... She got she got sick initially uh, back in uh, 2014, and uh, actually August of 2013 had a surgery, uh, first surgery to put a shunt uh, placed in. Uh, in um, was that August? Uh, when did we have the uh, surgery? It was uh, August? Um, 2014. Anyway, she had a shunt put in, and uh, that's when she had what they call normal pressure hydrocephalus. After that. It started failing, you know, uh, as Kathy and uh, and Todd, we were just talking about shunts uh, possibly failing, but it was failing for different reasons. And and, and Trish went into a different whole kind of um, issues and what they call low-pressure hydrocephalus, what they finally diagnosed seven or eight, eight months later after, you know, 128 different uh, neurologists and 25 different neurosurgeons, we finally... I think that, we got an answer. Is that number correct? 120. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that is correct number. I'm not making it up yet. Wow. Honey, you were out all of it. <laughs> so. Yeah, and um, that was, um, you know, I, my favorite part of the story is the inspiration that I received from Rick because I think that there was pl- probably plenty of moments where everybody 
kind of like, well, this is just the way it is. And you never, ever for a second gave up. And by the way, neither did Trish. She was right. in a vegetative state, for lack of a better term, for how long? Uh, like eight months. You know, she, uh, and, and she actually has lost her memory of those eight months. They're completely gone. That's from what her. I was just going to ask is what, what what's your last memory? I mean, now you've been well and, you know, been. My last well. memory before all of this happened was being at the four on the fourth. And Which is a race here that we have in Elmhurst on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Being at the 4 on the 4th and kind of stumbling, n- not having really good footing. My gait was kind of wacky. Um, and then the next day, I told Rick, you better take me to the hospital because there's something wrong with me. I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. So um, that's pretty much the last I remember before all of this started. Mm -hmm. And had you had those experiences before? Like, had you had, when you said, take me to the hospital, is it because you were afraid of something? Or is it because you had never had those feelings before? Um, Well, it's a combination. I had, we had just moved. And I remember not having the desire to do anything. Not unpack a box, Mm -hmm. not move a thing. And... When I finally would start unpacking boxes, I was falling, um, and I was home alone. So I was a little scared about that, and I felt like a turtle on that was turned over on its shell because mm. I couldn't get up on my own. I had to, I had to really fight to get up on get back up on my feet. So Fourth of July came and went, and then. The, fo- the following day was when I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on with me. I don't like this. This is weird. I want to get this checked out. So that's when I said, to, you get to take me to the hospital. And that was it? Last yeah. memory until? Yep. Okay. For a long time after that, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, when you ask about that number, and you know, I know you're questioning it. Trish is kind of questioning it. Mm-hmm. At Mayo alone, we were at Mayo Clinic for like 50 two days and in total uh, there and back a couple times but it was 52 days in total um we probably saw i think it was like 68 or 70 because they come in teams and they're all different neurologists and when i threw one out the next five would come in and mm-hmm. they come in droves mm-hmm. four or five at a crack mm-hmm. and they kept coming and, they, and every different part of your illness they couldn't understand so they kept bringing somebody else mm-hmm. in. Why couldn't they understand? Like, what's, what is it about this that they couldn't grasp? The initial, like I said, what they call normal pressure hydrocephalus is very common in, you know, um, when you see big-headed babies, for example. So it's very common in young children born, uh, children just born, or in 75, 85-year-old people generally where it's often diagnosed as dementia and or Alzheimer's when oftentimes it's actually hydrocephalus. You, you, as Trish mentioned, her gait and different, you know, you just start acting a little wacky. And what it is oftentimes is hydrocephalus, which is called normal pressure hydrocephalus. But when she, when things really started going wacky after she did have a shunt put in for seven months and your life was pretty normal for about uh, nine months, yeah. you know, about nine months or so, uh, up until March of 2014, mm-hmm. and then all hell broke loose at that point. And what does that hell look like? Tell me again. What does that hell look like? Yeah, like she, the, well, like she day by day, Todd, 
she lost another function mm-hmm. every single day. And for like I, a, for like a week, for two weeks, about like, a week and a half. And you're like, oh my god. Yeah, and when I say losing a function, I'm talking from eyesight, unable to move, bowel movements, everything, everything you could ever imagine, one by one, mm-hmm. were being taken away day by day. And you have myself, and I have an older son we're trying to manage this and calling the doctor, you know, who put yeah. the shunt in, of course, he's a, neuro, he's a neurosurgeon. And he's like, we go in, we tried things. There's uh, things called uh, adjusting the shunt, mm-hmm. you know, so that we adjusted it three times over the course of like two mm-hmm. weeks. Now, is that surgery every time that happens? No, or? it's an actual, it's almost they like... They use a, a, an electronic magnet yeah. to oh, adjust the shunt. Okay. Um, so he's got this little suitcase that he walks around with. <laughs> it's a hilarious And surgeon. he puts this magnet up to my head and that's what, you know, it's computerized and magnetized. So it's actually pretty cool how they do it. Crazy. And it's supposed to work. It used to be surgically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And now they can do it without it. Yeah. Right. So each one of these adjustments was supposed to work, but in in, in essence just made her worse or, or put it this way, didn't make anything better. So when you say all hell broke loose, that was actually the beginning of hell. You thought you were in it. You were just approaching it. Correct. Yeah, we had we thought we were, had it back when Trish said originally back in yeah. August, uh, July when things were happening. We had the shunt put in in August, but this was the real hell that mm-hmm. started, you know. And that's when it took another eight months or so to figure out what it really was. This point, because this point, they said this is way beyond hydrocephalus. We've never, no one, no one, every the words were, no one has ever seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. There was not one. The only two people that ever said the words, I have seen something like this <laughs> never the words i've seen this were the two doctors that she ultimately are those the baltimore guys one guy was at cleveland clinic who is now at uh, uh johns hopkins and then the other guy was yeah, yeah the baltimore uh, gentleman uh, michael williams which is actually my brother's name but it's sinai at sinai hospital in baltimore but he has since moved on as so, well to see us so when these doctors zeroed in on it i mean how long i mean you were um were you in a coma like what was what was the technical term for it there was no technical term no one had ever seen it was anything like catatonic like catatonic yeah. for how long seven or eight months so I don't know. I don't even know if I can grasp that. Mm-hmm. Like, think about your your husband or your wife, like, being fine one day and then all of a sudden being canatonic. Well, and then you think about these are the things we talked about with Rick last time. Not only is your the person you love most catatonic and you have children and you're dealing with that, there was also insurance issues. Mm-hmm. There was also financial issues. There was also doctors saying, sorry, we can't help. I mean, you literally are in this uh, black hole that is like, I don't even know where to start to dig myself out. So when we last spoke on this podcast, it was October of 14. Mm-hmm. It was right when you were trying to raise enough money to send Trish to RIC, which stands for... The Rehab Institute of Chicago. And they're supposed to be the best in the country or something like that. in the world, actually. But that was when the carpet got pulled up from underneath you and the insurance company, so you had to come out of pocket. So what happened since then? Well, what happened since then was, you know, truly a miracle, and I thank her every day and think... I I don't know who to thank. I just am just so blessed that she's here and everything is fantastic right now because she, I would say... Honey, you're about 98%, I, I would say, and it's just wonderful. But since that time, we raised the money, 
miraculous, this town of Elmhurst, through the help of Kathy and Todd and everybody in this town. It's a miraculous town. We raised $117,000 in about a week. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then I had to put it in a trust. You know, Then they go, oh, it's got to be in a trust. I'm like, all right. Yeah, right. <laughs> so trust, if you talk to attorneys, take about a month. I did it in three days. Okay. The Jeez. lady over there was, she goes, I've never seen anybody do anything like that. I said, well, you just tell me what you need and I will get it done. Yeah. Right. You know, so I, I got it in. She So Trish finally got in. Uh, about a week later than she was supposed to, um, which was in uh, uh, was that October? November or October, October end of October, of, end of October twenty fifteen. So when you hear that the, that Rick led the charge to raise one hundred eighteen thousand dollars, I mean, are there any words that you can use to explain that? He is. He's my biggest cheerleader. He's stubborn, for a reason. <laughs> And, you know, I thank God that he's as stubborn as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that we have so many good community members. So I have so many good friends and people I've never met in my life that were so generous and kind. And... I don't know. I, I don't have the words. Mm-hmm. I don't have the words to say. It was truly amazing. Yeah, it was. I mean, give forward. We went through, you know, online and all that kind of stuff and all these things. And the money just kept pouring in. And obviously very quickly. And, and anyway, fast forward to that. I, I got her. I, I got Trish in. I knew that was the answer. I had Her last stop was Cleveland Clinic before that. And they kept. You know, messing her up over there and whatever. I said, okay, we got to move on here. We got to get an RIC. And then fast forward, we had to come back to the, the manor care because that's where she was. <laughs> Trish was being stored, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no other word to describe it. There was no nothing going on. You know, I mean, I would go every day to visit. The kids would come when the, when they could. I just said, I'm going. You know, they knew I would go every day at like six o'clock when I got home from work. And you know, sometimes some would come every day, different whatever. And I had one daughter off at school and college, and then the uh, two at home. And then, uh, well, three at home. Jake was working. He's uh, he's 24 years old now, 25 years old now. And um, but anyway, so. We put her back at Arlington Heights Manor Care because that's, and then finally we got in to the RIC. And I was, you know, that's this is the panacea. This is it. You know, we finally hit the, you know, hit the mother load where she needs to be. And um, and I think I, I got to put a, you know, kick it, Dr. Burkich, B R K I C. He needs to buy a vowel, but <laughs> he's the most wonderful human being. Finally, I got someone to listen to me, mm-hmm. you know, and vice versa. And what does that look like? He listened to you, and so he did what? He he kept going? He, he had got optimism? Her in. He that got was her key. In. You don't get into RIC. Technically, she shouldn't have got in. She got denied twice before this. We didn't say Why? Because you're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. You can't oh. be catatonic. RIC is an um, intense rehab. You, you have, have to be to making be able, progress. Yeah. Got it. And they have to be able to do it them. four hours a day, minimum. Because they, they won't. They don't want to waste their time, right. so they want to make sure that you're making forward progress, yes. so that they have something to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're okay. they're renowned for this type of, not necessarily what she had because no one's ever had anything. There's only been eight other brain cases. injuries is yeah. their big thing, but many other things, and they're miracle workers. But they have to have a plate to work with, yeah. otherwise they won't do it. Right. You know, there's no reputation if they have nothing to work with. So anyway, he got he got her in. You know, thanks to him. 
And uh, and we started listening to one another. He thanks me every day, and I thank him, you know, all the time. Because now, you know, we're you know, fast forward, you know, here we are, and we are now. Well, she got out of there in December, came home just before Christmas, 2015, and um, which was wonderful. Still in a wheelchair, um, and then advanced to a walker shortly thereafter. She continued outpatient therapy yeah. at RIC. In Willowbrook, though, because they have an out, you know, an outpatient one, so they they figured after six weeks that that was good, and they she had made miraculous progress. And each time, the the cool thing about it is that you know they would meet with me. They're very you know friendly towards. Like I said, they were listening, listening to me. He was listening to me, yes. but not all the others were necessarily. And they we we'd have these meetings, and the meeting would go. All right, you understand this is what's going to happen. We're going to do this and this and this, and don't expect. And I'd sit there, I go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All the time, absolutely lying, because I knew in my heart of hearts, because I never lost, I knew she'd regain almost 100%. And so each time when she, when Trish exceeded, I mean, she blew blew away the first week. I told all of her friends, everybody, in 10 days, she will be talking and almost walking, I said. So you watch. And the doctors are probably like, whatever, dude. Well, I only told that to Dr. Burkett. Yeah. I couldn't tell that the rest of them. But I told all their friends. Day 10, exactly. That's exactly what happened. They were blown away. And everybody. Why, why did you know that? Because you know your wife, or you... yes, I under I started to understand the illness. Believe it or not, I don't even know why I studied everything that there was to study. I understood that her brain was wrapped up and inside. All it needed was to break out. They yeah. needed to do, and you do that with intense rehab, not laying in a bed like she was doing in Cleveland Clinic, which was very frustrating to watch. You need intense rehab, and that's what they do at RIC. She needed an awakening, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, there was one moment, you know, I just have to say it, uh, Rob, the PA over in Cleveland, and I said, Rob, this is getting ridiculous. You got your knucklehead, you know, uh, it, you know, you know. once again, you're talking top of the food chain here. These are right. neurologists and neurosurgeons. Right. You know, and they come in every day wanting Trish to do something coming every day at five in the morning, you know, I'm sleeping in a chair curled up in a ball and these knuckleheads come in and they, you know, well, she's doing nothing again. You know, uh, have a nice day. We'll see you, you know, till uh, that morning, same time, every like, day. Like why would something change the next day if exactly. nothing has been changed yeah. in but What's the, the definition right. of, you know, when you keep doing the same thing? Right. right. Insanity. So, right? Yeah. Right. So finally one, I go, I go to the PA, Rob, who is uh, really, this guy's a great guy over at Cleveland clinic. And I said, Rob, come on. I said, she needs stimulation. She needs this. So basically, I, I retell this moment to a lot of people. He basically pulled a Jack Bauer on Trish, sat her in a chair, <laughs> and basically slapped her around for about 10 minutes. You know, I mean, I'm exaggerating, yeah. of course, but awakened her. Trish, talk to me. Tell me what's going on. It just kind of shook her, this and that. Really? And Had anybody ever done that? Not Yes, but not to that degree. Okay. Okay. Because um, I knew it works. That's yeah. why I said it. I said, this is what you have to do. I'm telling these people. No one's listening to me. You know, so they did it. The next morning... They come in at five in the morning, and Trish is responsive. She's responding to a lot of stuff, and they're like, "Oh my god!" I go, I, I wake up out of my groggy usually, and I go, "You do know what happened last night, right?" At like six, seven o'clock, and I go, "Yeah, I heard about it." Rap. I go, "Right." That's why she's responding. And I said, "So she needs it from that day forth." They, they kept sending in rehab people and this and that to stimulate her on wow. a daily basis, you know. And then we got to where we needed to be, which was the uh, rehab institute, Chicago, yeah. which is what they do. That's all they do, every six day. hours a day, yeah. you know. So, so, do you do rehab still? No, I'm all done with rehab. All done. Now I it's finished just... in August. Crazy. After four months of rehab, I finished. 
So tell us where you are now. Like, I, I was just telling Trish, you guys can't see her because it's a podcast, but she's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean because she's well, and I'm saying that in like a kind way. She's just beautiful. I mean, you would just never know that she has gone through yeah. an ordeal like this exactly. ever. Um, so what is your day-to-day experience? Like, I know you don't remember all of it, but right now, like, what what, what are your experiences? Well, right now I'm... Uh Pardon the interruption, folks. We'll get back to the interview in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you about our amazing partners. Jay Smith is a friend of ours and president of McGill First Aid Kit. Jay put together the ultimate family first aid kit containing everything his family and yours might need. Items for burn relief, bandages for all kinds of cuts, top-of-the-line tweezers, eye wash, cold compresses, you name it. It even has a car sickness bag for those tough road trips. So here's the deal. Go to McGillFirstAidKit.com to buy your $70 kit for just $65, and that includes free shipping. Just make sure you enter the code ZENCODE. Hunter Clark Fields is a mindfulness mama mentor. She coaches smart, accomplished, overstressed moms on how to create mindfulness in their daily lives. Hunter has over 20 years of experience in yoga and mindfulness practices and has taught thousands worldwide. She does one-on-one coaching, and she also has the Present Mama community. It's a subscription service where you get access to an ever-growing library of high-quality yoga practices, guided meditations, and mindful parenting lessons. It includes a community forum and a live group coaching call. Check out presentmamacommunity.com. Now, back to the interview. Trying to get back to work. Okay. Um, I'm working with my, my boss and her boss, and uh, I have one more test that I have to go through just to make sure that my executive thinking and cognitive functions are where they should be. And um, once that test is completed, then they'll release me to go back to work. Um, so that's where I am right now. What did you get last week? Oh, I got. Oh, I I can drive now. Yay! You got your license. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And that's a big deal. You know, that is a huge deal. They don't give that out. Yeah. Unless you can do all the functions. Yeah. It's a very hard skill. You know. Did you think you were going to pass the test? Yes, because I had already driven with Rick. Yeah, I was already. Um, you know, like. Did the, like did, my dad taking me to the to the school parking lot. I have a sixteen year old. We have a sixteen year old, and then I got trips. We're doing, we're doing the same things basically. That's you know. great. Had, uh, but she had a little bit more experience previously. Of course, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we. I went to Mary and Joy. They have a whole big program for um, people regaining their driving privileges. So, um, I could still drive, but. My doctor wanted me to have this test just to be safe. And um, so I, it was like a three-hour, four-hour program that I went through, and uh, I got the okay to drive. So I, you know, that's one big hurdle for me. Um, Are there any other hurt aside from you getting your job back? Like, is there, is there, the, is there a next thing, or is that kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm back? Um, my next thing, once I, once I go back to work, my next hurdle is to um, work out again. I was working out with a trainer three days a week before all this happened, mm-hmm. and I was in great shape. Mm-hmm. I was in the best shape ever at 49, 50. 
I was in better shape at 50 than I was at 20. That's great. And um, so it's kind of, I've kind of lost some of that. Yeah. So I'm hoping my muscle memory is what it, what they say it's going to be and that uh, I can go back to working out regularly. So that's that's my final hurdle. Nice. And so I have to ask, because you, you brought them up a few times, um, your children. Yeah. Um, your children went through a lot. Yeah. yeah. So how, I mean, of course, you know, I don't even know where to start. Like, how are they? How are your kids? Well, during, I mean, Trish can't answer the during, and yeah. she can see now the after. You know, it was, you know, it was very hard for basically two years. I was uh, the father yeah. and, with, 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 and I had no mother. Mommy and dad. Yeah, it was yeah. mom and dad. And unfortunately, I was always good cop. Mm-hmm. You know, and now I was put in a, I had to be bad cop and good cop, you know what I mean? But I needed a lot of bad cop. Um, you know, the two older ones, they were wonderful. One was at college and one wanted to quit college. And I said, you know, your mother would never want you to do that and no way would endorse that. So no, don't do it. Yeah. So she finished. She's graduated since, you know, congratulations, Jenna. And Trish was at the graduation. So that was wonderful <laughs> from Dayton. And then uh, Jake was working and you talk about certain things that happen. Jake was, you know, I would say previously would never be the one, Trish could say that, that would really, uh, that Step you would have up. thought would have stepped up and been what he ended up being for Trish mm. and for me and for the family. You know, let's just put it that way. I mean, he's now 25, so when it started, he was 23 and an immature 23, let's mm-hmm. just say. My son is a man yeah. mm-hmm. now. He is always was wonderful but I mean he did so much mm-hmm. I can't even say because Jenna wasn't here and you know how women tend to you know and she was she's a couple of years younger mm-hmm. and she was always a motherly type and this and that but she was at college yeah you know so Jake had to step up and he did and you know at the time uh, Leo is now 16 so he was 14 and and Haley is 13 and so she was 11 when all this started going on you know so these those that was the tough one they were staying with different people throughout the, the neighborhoods and whatever Jeez. and uh, you know for about I mean I was gone for five months you know so they had no mother no father for five months and uh, you know so Jake was holding down the fort that way and he did so many wonderful things he, he was at the hospital at certain times you know uh, the one time when i left uh, you know, i never left her side except one time and he came to cleveland and we swapped because the kids really needed me home yeah. when i say the kids i'm talking about the younger ones and uh you know so i came home for a few days and uh and jake took over over there and he just he gets it like i get it there's mm-hmm. really nobody else there's dr burkich there's myself and jake yeah Nobody else get it, including, you know, you know, my daughter. In the sense, they don't really get it because unless you were there and understanding it, and Jake seemed to just really grasp what was going down and how she can be cured and why, mm-hmm. you know. And um, His stakes were just as high. It's as yeah, he, I mean, everyone in this family, I mean, I, I would say Leo, Trish was his best friend, you know, and it took Leo, he had a rough, rough time yeah. and those are their formative years you know he's going eighth grade he's going to be a freshman in high school so not a good time you know the dumb gene really sets in it for boys at that age anyway you know and now you have no mother and really no father around mm-hmm. so it's been a tough couple of years and yeah. uh you know i mean i'm not afraid to say it you know both of, both of the younger ones have been through therapy mm-hmm. and uh and it took a while they didn't think they needed it at first they were incredibly strong and doing fantastic um but it took its toll yeah, you know, and now uh, I say Leo was finally getting out of that funk because Trish has been, you know, you know, close to you know, hundred percent normal. I say she's about ninety eight percent now, everything back. And Leo's been good for I'd say about the last three four months, right? Yeah. 
That's well, about right. And whatever it is, you guys can deal with it together as a family now. Exactly. exactly. Before, there was no mom and dad. Exactly. You were gone and you were gone. Right. And even when I was back, it was hard. My mind was... Yeah. It, it was you very, were elsewhere. You know, I needed to be... You know, there were so many... Haley, the little one, had so many medical issues, too. I mean, I didn't even talk about... I mean, she had concussions, broken arms, surgeries, this and that. You know, I'm dealing with that. She's, you know, a, she's, she's a gymnast. She's a gymnast, yeah. yeah. I'm in Cleveland. I'm dealing... Yeah, yeah, get her a surgery. Yeah, you, know, you do this. You do that. I mean, it puts everything in perspective i mean sure all does. i mean to a 12 year old and 11 year old it's a big time deal but the reality is we're talking brain surgeries and you're talking an elbow right. this and that we're talking so everything i kind of put in perspectives and whatnot and you know i don't I hate to prioritize but there you know it, it was and we everyone needed mom back to be normal anyway mm-hmm. you know to get our family back to quote unquote normalcy well it really I, and again i would love to talk to them um in a few years or you know because mm-hmm. it's widened their world so tremendously. Oh, tremendously so as far as you know the the trauma which you were just talking about um leo everything that you said is to be expected you know how could you expect anything different than to have a traumatic couple of years that's just the nature of it but then what do you pull out of that like how their world has expanded their gratitude their expectation of they're not worrying about the small stuff kind of thing i would think so i mean i certainly don't i mean the, the, <laughs> the, the biggest thing you know todd seen me um and we play basketball together so he knows me and then uh and i've coached a lot and uh i've gone back to coaching leo wanted me to coach and one of the moms made a comment on the very first week she goes rick like who is that guy <laughs> you know not a word on the sidelines nothing you know nothing phased me we were in an overtime game and a two-point game in the first two weeks Nothing. Right. So let me preface that. Rick has sometimes, he's a very he emotional, a emotional, <laughs> spirited young man. And what you're saying is you've kind of taken taken it down a notch or two. Exactly. It's just not that important. You know, well, and I, no, I don't want to say that you're right. Wrong words. I'm not going to change a referee's decision. I used to get a little heated at a bad call by a referee or this, that, the other, things that go on in a basketball game. And now I just kind of let it flow. I'm not going to change it. I'll make a comment to the ref. It's like, mm, you know, can you kind of watch that guy? You know, this. I'll make it nice and the, the way you're supposed to do it instead of you know, maybe sarcastic comments. I never really swear or anything like that, but I would make sarcastic comments, and I don't do that anymore. It's well, just not that. And if nothing else, um, you know, most of us um, – are lucky enough because you know you guys didn't do anything wrong to bring this trauma right. into your worlds. No. Most of us uh, don't have this happen, but yet here we are worrying about these small little things Correct. like I mean, p- take a pick. I mean, we all it's getting you know, on a certain team, having yeah. certain clothes, making right. sure our house looks a certain way. Right. Um, you know, showing you know making sure people think a certain thing about us. It's all very. Uh, so small. the reason I want to have Trish and Rick on is another reminder. Like everything that you woke up worrying about today, in the grand scheme of things, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant, mm-hmm. and. Maybe for a day or a week or a month, somebody will remember that. But I feel like if we continue having inspirational people like you guys on the show, it will kind of reinforce that. And I say that to myself, too. I mean, I worry about stupid things like money and sending my kids to college. But who cares? Right? They'll go to college. Right. (laughs) We were just having that conversation. They'll go to college. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Don't Jenna make did your it. way. We we were going through all this, Jenna. We still had to pay for college, isn't that? There was nothing. I mean, like I said, all the help that came through. 
I didn't know one thing. She's going to gymnastics. That's, you know, 600 a month. You know, I mean, I didn't know where all the money was going to come from. Somehow it did. Everything went on. Everything went on even while we weren't even here. Mm-hmm. So the small stuff, as yeah. just related, related to, took care of itself. The big stuff would not have taken care of itself without you had to tend to it. Well, that's what's important. I will never forget exactly where I was. We came out of basketball one day, and it was right when Trish got accepted into RIC, but without the insurance. And you're like, I got great news. She's going to RIC, and it's only going to cost $150,000. I'm like, Rick, how are you going to pay for that? He's like, I have no idea, but she's going. She's going. And I'm like, my gosh, the faith in this man. And the endurance. I mean, I was just inspired. I'll never forget that in my whole life. I appreciate that. And yeah, no, I just, there was no way, you know, Trish is not, not going there. That's all there is yeah. to it. You know, I mean, I did not expect that the insurance was going to stop there because frankly, they were wonderful up, up until that point. Yeah. I mean, really, they did everything that we needed. Uh, I mean, to the tune of, we're talking $4 million in bills. Okay. Yeah. Everything was paid for all the way through with how hardly any expense to us until that. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like, really? Yeah. Now you're going to cut me off. Yeah. And this is what we had always talked about too, between me and, the, and, and myself and the person over there is that we are eventually going to get into RIC. So the irony of it was yeah, bizarre. I mean, we had always talked about this and all of a sudden they said, well, no, you know, we're not going to do this anymore. It was a blow. I have to ask. Go ahead. So, Trish, we know we were talking about physically how you're doing. Right. How are you different as a person, not just your physicality? Um, You know what? I look at this as a gift um, because it made me see what's important in life, like you said, Todd. Um, It made me see that I truly am blessed and that I have so many beautiful people in my life that have always been there. Always. They've always been there. Um, I know you're back because you're crying again all the time. <laughs> so that's what I love. I love it. <laughs> My husband is the most beautiful man. Yeah. And We'll be married 30 years. Wow. August. And you tend to forget those things after being married for, for so long. And I realized how lucky I am yeah. to have him. And it, this is what it took. So it's a gift. And that's the only way I look at it is that, you know, I'm well. Um, My family is doing well. I still have all my friends. Um, The ones that. You know, you you know who you can count on and you know who you can't count on. And I have to say, I have more that I know that I can count on than not. So, um... And I love what you said, that what really, I mean, this is all so touching to me, but that they were always there. Mm -hmm. Just like what you realized is what you always had. It's Mm -hmm. very... You didn't know to the degree, I think. Exactly. I I mean, 
boy, did I find out she was loved. I knew she was loved. You know, I'm just in Elmhurst. But Trish, yeah. she's very loved, mm-hmm. you know. And when I just mentioned, you know, I mean, everybody stepped up. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I'm, I'm being a bit facetious because I had a lot of people help me out too. But, you know, they didn't really even know Trish and you know, people from work. People, It was just overwhelming. Mm. I can't even say mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's just overwhelming how many people just stepped up and how many people want to help that's what that's it that's what i was gonna say is this is again another such important part of this podcast that todd and i do is when people say the world sucks and people suck and i just don't believe that i just believe if people are given an opportunity they want to help right they want the opportunity please tell me how many times did you hear from everybody tell me how Mm -hmm. tell me how i can help what do you want me to do what do you want me to do and people took care of your children and they gave you money and they i mean this is meals and meals you name it this is what people want to do. Right. And so that's another reason this story is so beautiful to us is because this is the truth to mm-hmm. me. This is how I see the world. So um, Rick, um, many years ago, started a basketball tournament, yeah. three-on-three for Cancer Free, and you did that uh, in memory of? In general, her father, you know, her mother, and then just in general, I think Everyone we knew that yeah. had someone in their life that right. was touched by cancer. Yeah. We just did it as a general thing because it seemed like, okay, we know people and it's a big deal. Let's do it for that. So that's what we did. So um, you took a few years off and now it's back. Yeah. For four years, we did a three-on-three for Cancer Free, and then we took a two-year hiatus for the obvious, what we have all just been discussing, and now it, it's, uh, it's newly formed, and it, it, to a point that Kathy was saying... I'm getting emails like you would not <laughs> believe, because right now the theme is three on three Elmhurst. That's where you go if you want to get online, and then but all proceeds are going to the Hydrocephalus Association, mm-hmm. okay? Which is obviously what what Trish has uh, had and has, and I'm getting these emails just this morning, last night at ten o'clock. What do you want? How can I help? Mm-hmm. I mean, from I, I went to District Two Hundred Five. She goes, I already got it. We're done. We're already. I got it spread all over the place. It's at every school already. I didn't. Even, I didn't even go there yet. I yeah. didn't even tell her. Yeah. You know. Um. I've got. You know. People just a lot of different things. Some basketball thing came to me out of nowhere from a friend of a friend, and he's got six thousand people on his list, and he goes, "Tell me what you want. I got to call him today," and, and and things like that are just popping up. Uh, the Key Club over at York. Love to see the event again. Yeah. Tell me how, what we can do. I mean, I didn't go out and get them. They came to me. That's right. So for somebody who's interested, they could either play in it. It's for kids and grown-ups? Yes. It starts, uh, yeah, third and fourth grade is the first uh, age bracket. And what's the, the date? Up. The date again? It is March 19th, okay. uh, 2016. It's at Elmhurst College. Uh, starts at 9 in the morning, goes till 5 or 6 in the evening. Uh, we'll have magnificent food. My friend uh, uh, Mr. Carpenter will be cooking outside, uh, and we'll have good uh, pork and mm-hmm. you know that, all that kind of stuff. We'll, so we'll, we'll have the concessions, great food, and the event will have TVs all around, because if you note, March 19th, that's the first Saturday of the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Ah. So we'll have TVs all around. Nice. Um, we have a three-on-three shooting contest, and then it's a, uh, I'm sorry, a three-point shooting contest, and then a three-on-three on the other five courts, and that will be like I said, it's third, fourth grade, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, uh, nine through twelve. The high schoolers, and then we've got uh, three other age brackets for adults. Um, um, what's the website? The website is three on three Elmhurst dot com dot org dot org dot org three on three Elmhurst dot org. One quick recommendation: We did a show on this. Uh, I volunteer, and I'm a ref for Rick during these tournaments. Yep. And we did a show because there was some crazy dad who wanted to bully and I thought he was going to go to blows with this fifth grader Mm -hmm. and it got out of hand 
quickly it could have escalated even worse, we should at least get some security just in case Crazy Dad shows up again. Yes. Yeah. And Todd, I must say, you were the one that happened to be in that situation. And I am very happy that Todd Adams was at that particular <laughs> game handling the situation because he did it magnificently oh. better than anyone that I know. That he brought out the velvet hammer. Well, <laughs> That's right. True. Beautiful. Well, yeah. and not to get into the discussion because we could talk about it another time, but I, it, it's funny that you're commending me on that because I feel like I didn't handle it as well as I could have because that dad needed to be put in his place earlier than he was. And it was my opportunity to do that and not like get mad at him, but I should have defended this young boy. You were kind of giving him a little bit of I like, gave him too slack. much slack. Mm-hmm. Well, and in your he defense, never should have given that. As I recall a, you stating, you didn't know. You thought the dad was one of... I thought the dad was coaching his son. Exactly. And he was actually getting mad at one of the opponents right. of his son. And the kid was young. Oh. And the and Todd actually thought that that might yeah. be his father. I didn't understand. Oh, so I so thought it was a know. whole different dynamic. Exactly. So. And then when I found out that. When you realized. Like, actually, oh, my gosh. You found out only because you just kept watching it. Yeah. And you didn't know any. Like, really? So I understand. So for parents who are having their kids be involved and parents who are going to be playing, let's let's have some compassion and respect <laughs> yes. and fun. It's a right. charity freak tournament <laughs> that was and, the only incident we've ever had we had it for four years we never had it before anything like that so and I that's mean, what's yeah. sad because i brought it up and 99.9 percent of the people are there for oh. the love and the compassion yeah. and the charity and here we are talking about the one schmo yeah well, yeah it's just a reminder it's a reminder right so anyways parting thoughts from either one of you rick or trish thank you so much kathy and Todd, for having, for having us, us. On yes we thanks to the city of elmhurst yeah our Great community. Just the gracious people and, you know, friends that we have. I, we can't say enough. We, we love you all and thank you. And thanks for having us on this for a forum to get it out there. You know, thanks you, to all my girlfriends who would come and shave my armpits and shave my legs for me when, for I, real. Yes. when I couldn't do it myself. And they did. Um, taking care of you has a completely different like, oh, yeah. feel, doesn't it? When they, when people take care of I you, have people washing my hair, yes. cutting my hair, covering my grays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Thank you to all all of those people. Well, Trish, I want before all this happened, Todd kept telling me that I had to go see you sing. That I had to go see you perform. So yeah. can I see you sometime in the future perform? Because you're a singer, yes? Yeah, I love singing. And I used to sing with two bands. And uh, I haven't sang in public in a long time. So, and uh, I'm anxious to do that. Me too. So. Me too. So I asked uh, Trish what her favorite song is or one of her favorite songs. So we're going to finish with So What from Pink. So thank you, Rick and Trish. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the send us a voice message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. 
We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.